This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network. Search 76ers Insiders wherever you get your podcasts. And everybody from Philadelphia, 76ers, the Good morning, Sixers Twitter. Welcome back to another post-Sixers win Twitter space, an episode of the 76ers Insiders Podcast. I am Lauren Rosen. Matt Murphy is with me. There's a lot to talk about. There's been a lot of good for the Sixers on this homestand. We're going to go through it all. We're going to look ahead, and then we're going to get out of here. But Matt Murphy, good morning. How you feeling? Lauren, I'm feeling good. I love where you kind of let it off in the pre-show with who has, which player has captured your attention or stood out to you the most um, during this six-game winning streak, most recently 113-93 win over the Detroit Pistons. The Sixers have won eight in a row overall at home, so more than seven on home court when you factor that in, but six in a row overall, 12 of their last 13 at home. But if anyone wants to share which player on the Sixers has stood out to them the most, you can reply with the purple icon in the bottom right with a tweet, or you can click on my icon, Lauren's icon, and send us a message as well, because I want to hear those responses. But another win for the Sixers, I said earlier, it feels like Groundhog Day a little bit with showing up to the arena and the Sixers taking care of business at home. Another hot start for Tobias Harris as we are about to get into the box score, and that's a great time for everyone to jump in with their thoughts. Turnovers were a big issue. There's a little foreshadowing for where I'm going to go with it for the Detroit Pistons in the last game. Season-long seven-game homestand. Six down, six wins in as many opportunities. They'll try to get one more on Friday before heading out on their holiday trip. But yeah, Matt, I will go ahead and get into the box score now. As I go through it, let us know who stands out to you. Use the comment feature in the bottom right-hand corner. It's purple. Or you can send us a DM and let us know whose name jumps off the page or jumps into your headphones or whatever. Here we go. Uh, The 76ers last night had six players finish in double figures, led by Joel Embiid, who continues to be, I believe, the NBA's scoring leader. He didn't need as much scoring last night, so was able to finish on a light 22-10 and double-double, plus six assists and four blocks. Joel played 34 minutes of play. James Harden's minutes also down a little bit, which is good for the team who has been playing a hefty schedule. Uh, James played 33 minutes. He finished with 15 points, two rebounds, eight assists, a steal, and a block. Tobias Harris, 17 points, four rebounds, an assist, and a steal. DeAnthony Melton, 12 points, nine rebounds, three assists, and a steal. P.J. Tucker grabbed 10 boards last night. As for the bench, George Niang, 11 points, three rebounds, and two steals. Montrezl Harrell finished with 10 points and a block. Shake Milton, nine points. Matisse Thibel, six points. Paul Reed, a pair. I think that rounds out every scorer from last night. But Matt Murphy, when I read all those to you, I know you're going to look at some team stats. What stands out most? On the team side, it's it's got to be the season high 36 points off turnovers for the Philadelphia 76ers. Those came on 22 Detroit Pistons turnovers. And I always am quick to give credit to Sixers stats. This comes from their side of things. Just for some context, the Sixers average 19.4 
points off turnovers per game. That's a top five number in the NBA as of when we're speaking. But they scored 36 against the Pistons off turnovers. So from 19 a game to 36, not saying that was the entire difference. Another thing to consider with that is that the Pistons were yet another opponent that the Sixers were getting on the second end of a back-to-back in which the team actually played at home, their home, Detroit, traveled to Philadelphia for uh, back-to-back games on consecutive nights, and they were a little sloppy with the basketball, to say the least. But since I always go the team route from an individual perspective, my bonus points go to the rebounding numbers for both P.J. Tucker and D'Anthony Melton. The the 10 for P.J. Tucker and the 9 for D'Anthony Melton. If Joel Embiid had a double-double, you expect that. He had 10 rebounds with his point total. But 9 for D'Anthony Melton at at his size and P.J. Tucker, the way that he scraps and claws down there to, to get 10, they were really aggressive on the glass. And those two individual efforts on the glass from Tucker and Melton stood out to me when I look at the stats opportunities for heightened chemistry has been something that this team has talked a ton about over this last week and a half or so. And it's interesting, Matt, because I feel like usually chemistry discussions come at the end of long road trips when the team is spending a lot of time together, uninterrupted, unable to go anywhere else, oftentimes in cities without family. This is sort of in the opposite. The longest time that the team will spend at home, but they've been able to spend time together and develop a chemistry that they're really proud of. DeAnthony Melton, Daniel House both discussed that chemistry. We had the famous now iconic gumbo pot line from Danielle, but then a little more specifics from DeAnthony talking about post-practice and bus rides and flights with this team. Um, I asked George Niang about it post-game, so let's hear from George, who was discussing what these six wins mean and what the chemistry is meaning to this team as they continue to grow and have won six in a row. Here's George immediately post-game, then we'll hear from Tobias in his media availability. George Niang, six out of seven games at home are done. Six wins in a row. How does it feel to be clicking this well as a team? Oh, it's great. You know, we definitely needed this home stretch after being on that uh, long road trip. Um, so to get home and take care of home court advantage has been huge for us. And like I said it before, the team's just clicking on all c- cylinders. We're doing things the right way. We're getting stops when we need to and, and scoring the way we need to. DeAnthony and Danielle both talked about the way the team chemistry has evolved, specifically on this homestand. Where would you say that the chemistry is headed into the holidays? Um, you know, it's a season of giving. So everybody's looking to make the extra pass. Everybody's looking to make sure everybody else is happy. So I think we're in a great spot. Uh, I'm excited to where we're going towards the holiday season with Christmas, a game on Christmas coming up. And, you know, games into the new year. Um, I'm just happy that, you know, we're getting everybody back healthy. And that's the biggest thing for us is, you know, once we get Tyrese back, we'll have everybody back healthy, which is huge for us. No doubt. Thanks, George. George said it. It's the season of giving, and everybody is looking to make the extra pass. Couldn't have said it better myself. And, Matt, we sort of talked about this immediately post game. There weren't as many massive stat lines last night. But there have been some opportunities for the team to sort of put together these team wins when they don't perhaps need a 50-piece from Joel Embiid, who does, I went and double-checked, continue to lead the NBA in scoring. 32.5 points per game at this point is Joel's scoring average. He leads Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Jason Tatum in that order, rounding out the top five scorers in the NBA right now. But cool to hear from George about the chemistry, about the uptick in health for this team. Knockwood, of course. Um, I'm seeing questions, as always, as is often the case, about Tyrese Maxey. Got a couple DMs 
One from Kelly asking about Tyrese Maxey. No official update yet on that left foot fracture, but Doc Rivers has talked about the fact that he is progressing well in practice. He's been able to run. He's been able to shoot. He's been able to get out there on the court, and we will have updates for you as they come. But as George said, it's really cool to see now a team that, as we remember, spent a lot of time without four of their top options at once and without some of each of those four throughout this homestand, throughout the road trips before that. Uh, so cool to see them sort of start to round into a healthy form right in time for the holidays. Matt Murphy, as we do look ahead, if you're ready for that or if you want to stay on this game, what do you look forward to when you think about what this team has been able to accomplish over these last couple weeks? Definitely looking forward to a lot, but I, I'm sorting through some tweets and messages, and I think some of them still have to do with the win over Detroit. Winona says, the sharing and intentional ball movement is a good look. Our early injuries are serving us well. That was another talking point because um, guys got to step up and play as starters, and now the bench production has been really high as well in the recent games. But if there's any questions about the Detroit game, do you think the Sixers are preparing somewhat for the brutal schedule that they have in early March and late March to the end? So many road games that are back-to-back -back and against all strong teams. Yeah, I'd say yes, this is preparing them well because you have to play the schedule that's in front of you and having home court and playing teams who are on back-to-backs themselves and taking care of business is important. That is going to be them as the season moves along. I know we have more sound from Tobias Harris, Lauren, uh, and not to give it away, but he talks about games that you go into hoping to even put certain teams away earlier than they, than they put the Detroit Pistons away. I'm going to let Tobias speak to you guys in just a moment as I pull it up. Got a lot of tabs open. Here's Tobias Harris immediately after the win. I'll, I'll run in for the team tonight, not letting up and not uh, letting back the game or jump, but they just can't, can't stay with it. Yeah, we knew uh, coming into the game that, you know, we were going to have to create our, create our energy tonight, um, you know, and keep working on what's, what's been successful for us and just come out and, and try to dominate. Um, you know, we know uh, winning is hard in the NBA, and each and every night you're going to be presented with uh, you know, a different matchup, different opportunity. But uh, for, for our group right now, it's just staying focused and staying locked into the goal and try to continue to string together more and more wins. So um, I thought we did a great job of that tonight, just coming out and playing our game, a little bit ups and downs through the game. but. You know, we were able to handle whatever type of small run they were able to have and, and, and just play our type of basketball. Tobias Harris discussing last night's victory, the sixth in a row once again. I'm really overcompensating for messing up my opener uh, on this one. But Matt Murphy, when you listen to Tobias Harris, who's been absolutely phenomenal throughout this homestand, if I was commenting on the space, I would say that he's my standout performer just because of the way that he's adjusted to what's been asked of him over time. Uh, what do you make of, of what Tobias A said, you started to tell us, but B, how he's played. He's, he's looked phenomenal. He's really stepped up. He wants you to tell a friend to tell a friend what a good shooter he is. And I'm here to tell however many people are in this space what a great shooter he's become, how hard he works on it, and how cool it's been to see him rewarded for that hard work. Right. I think he would have been my pick as well. We were asking at the top about which sixer has stood out to you most during the winning streak. And 
if I had to go another direction, it would probably be the bench unit. And that goes back to the tweet that Bill sent in about preparing for maybe tougher portions of the schedule. Not that this has been easy by any stretch to kind of go about your business in such a professional and impressive way right now at home. Not easy, but there's going to be more back-to-back situations and all of that. So I would say the bench unit because of what I tied in about the the injuries that Winona had mentioned and guys like DeAnthony Melton going from bench to starter and Shake Milton going from starter to bench and, and the list goes on and on. I think the way that the bench production has seen an uptick in recent games, I would just pick that group rather than an individual player. It's kind of a cop-out, but in this Pistons game where Tobias says they were trying to create their own energy, a lot of that energy was created by players such as Matisse Theibel and Montrez Harrell in, in the first half when, when they got their minutes. Most of their production came in a, in a run that was at the end of the first quarter into the early part of the second quarter, 20-5 to five at one point, a 9-1 start to the second quarter. And then what I was saying about Harris is that uh, we didn't hear it. It was a little later in his postgame media was that he wants to get, quote, get to the point in fourth quarters where we know we have the game. Obviously, we're going to play great teams. That's not going to be the case. They're going to be hard-fought games. But for us as a group, we know the teams that we should go out and have a lead and maintain a lead. So, like I said, maybe even hoping for more rest for guys like Joel Embiid and company. It was about five and a half minutes at the end of the Pistons game that they checked out for the final time. Matt, as we get ready to turn the page and look ahead, George mentioned it, Tobias mentioned it. This team it lo- very much looking forward to this Christmas Day matchup on Sunday. First, of course, they have to get through the L.A. Clippers on Friday night. That one, of course, will be more interesting depending on who's available on the Clippers' side. Uh, but another opportunity for the Sixers to continue capitalizing on the momentum that they have certainly built over the last six games before they head out on another long trip. This this season feels like it's been a series of long trips and long stays at home. Uh, but this one, of course, starts on Christmas Day. The Sixers the first of a, in, in the slate of Christmas Day matchups starting at noon Eastern and then moving on after visiting the New York Knicks to visit the Washington Wizards for the second time this season. And then for the first and only time this season, they will visit the New Orleans Pelicans and the Oklahoma City Thunder and former Sixer and friend of many, Isaiah Joe. So that's what's ahead for the Sixers. Matt and I, of course, will try to join you after every single one if the Sixers can win every single one uh, because we do these the morning after. But Matt, when you look ahead, obviously the Christmas Day matchup stands out. But what do you look forward to? I would encourage everyone not to look past this Clippers game on Friday. Not that the Knicks game on Christmas Day is not exciting, and I want to ask you about that, Lauren, as you get set to cover this noon Eastern time Christmas Day slate opener between the Sixers and Knicks. But from an entertainment standpoint, everyone is about to get the 18 and 12 Sixers who are on a six-game winning streak against the 18 or now 19 and 14 LA Clippers who have won five of six they beat Charlotte last night Charlotte like Detroit is towards the bottom of the standings but it was the first time according to the Clippers broadcast last night that all the their entire roster had been available at once since the home opener for them so Paul George played about 31 minutes, scored 22 points. Kawhi Leonard played the same exact amount of time, scored 16 points. Nick Batum was 7 for 10 from 3. They made 23 threes, the Clippers against the Hornets, on 49 attempts. So two teams playing 
really good basketball. That leads everyone into the Christmas Day matchup at the Garden. How excited are you for that one? It's going to be awesome, Matt. Always a, always a treat when the team gets to be featured on one of the NBA's sort of hallmark days. And, and Christmas Day, of course, one of those. I know the guys are looking forward to it. Going to be cool to be in New York City for Christmas. I don't know what that'll be like. Sounds interesting. Sounds different. Uh, but I know it's a, it's a festive capital of the world. So looking forward to that. And again, I mean, when the team is playing as well as it is right now, it's, it's easy to look forward to every game. This is the part of the season where you want to figure out what you're made of, when you want to figure out how you are tough to lose or tough to beat. That's what DeAnthony Melton said. I was trying to use his words there. Um, I liked what he said about the fact that this team needs to learn how to win and learn how to not lose, right? And and that's something that they have been certainly able to do with the variety of opponents that they face this week and then will continue doing um, as the season rolls along. And as George said last night, uh, once they reintegrate Tyrese Maxey, I mean, cool to see them do everything that they've done and accomplish everything they've accomplished over this homestand without him because you know that he only adds uh, from a quantitative perspective, from a qualitative perspective, uh, from a vibes perspective. So, so looking forward to that addition as well. And, and of course, you'd hope that in that stretch of games that, that we've discussed, we'll see Tyrese Maxey at some point. Absolutely. My final note before we say goodbye is about all-star voting, which is now open. I was just checking the website. You can go to sixers.com slash all-star, and that will kind of guide you in the right direction. There's also some great resources on there about the candidacies of Joel Embiid, James Harden, resources about the voting timeline and all of that. And speaking of Christmas Day at the Garden, that will be a three-for-one voting day, one of six three-for-one days. So again, Sixers.com slash all-star voting is across the new NBA app and NBA.com. But I I think you should start at Sixers.com slash all-star and voting runs through January 21st as Embiid, Harden trying to get back to the NBA All-Star game, which is, you know, later on, but because the first three for one day is coming up and voting just open, I feel like it's necessary to put that information out there. Lauren, great to be with you and looking forward to doing it again soon. And I'm sure we will be with the way things are going. Gotta do it. Gotta vote for All-Star. Winona says go to the Ma- go to Macy's after the game and see the Christmas windows. I'm down. I appreciate the tip. And I will try to do exactly that. Matt Murphy, thank you so much for joining us. We'll try to be back with you guys on Saturday morning after a seventh in a row Sixers win on Friday night. But we will be back whenever they win next. We love doing these with you guys. Please send us your questions, your comments in the interim, um, and we'll get to as many of them as we can. Matt Murphy, thank you so much. Sixers Social, thank you so much. Lauren Rosen, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. That's me. All right. (laughs) Bye, guys. Thanks, everyone. Elevate your summer with Osea's best-selling body care set. It's everything you need for radiant summer skin on the go. 
featuring travel sizes of Osea's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral skincare, like their best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Right now, you can get the best-seller's body care set, a $78 value, 33% off. And use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER.